Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Today we are bringing to a close a series that we've been doing over the last few weeks called The Resistance thinking about how we stand for Jesus in the face of uh, the culture of our world today. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 together this morning. So if you've got your Bibles and you'd like to follow along with me, you're more than welcome to do so. Alternatively, the words will be up on the screen as we listen to God's Word together. But let's um, listen to the Word of God now as we come to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 10 together. Finally, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. As we come to uh, look at God's words together this morning, let's just spend some time in prayer that God would speak to us today. Father God, we thank you that you are here with us this morning. We thank you for your word that reveals who you are and how we can live for you today. And so Lord, as we come together now in your presence, as we come to gather around your word, we pray again that you would come and reveal more of yourself to us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We started off this series um, a few weeks ago thinking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And if you remember, Dietrich Bonhoeffer took a stand for Jesus in the face of uh, the resistance of Nazi Germany, where there was pressure on the church to conform with the ways of the Nazi party rather than the ways of Jesus. And today I want to tell you about another story, and that what happened in 1989 of another individual who took a remarkable stand. 
1989, we saw one of the most remarkable protests that probably the world has ever seen, the image of which many of us will probably still be familiar with today. In June of 1989, China had just experienced one of the uh, a devastating violent crackdown. Um, a large group of students had gathered together in Tiananmen Square to protest uh, uh, following the death of a pro-reform political leader. At its height in Tiananmen Square, there were approximately one million students and individuals gathered together calling for constitutional change, democracy, and the freedom of speech. Eventually, the government responded by declaring a state of martial law, hoping that this would disperse the protesters, but it failed to do so. And so the next step the government took was to send troops into Tiananmen Square to clear the protest away, leading to violence that left many of the demonstrators and bystanders injured and killed as the military swept through the square. The next day, a row of tanks were driving down the deserted streets on, its way back from, on their way back from this horrendous massacre in Tiananmen Square. And it was at that moment with a huge display of force driving down the road that one man walked out into the road and stood in front of the tanks. As this one man took a stand in resistance to the extreme force that had been used against his fellow citizens. This image spread around the world and is now internationally recognized as one of the most iconic images of all time. If you're not familiar with it, go home and uh, Google or uh, Google it whilst you're watching online or even on your smartphone in the building if you want to, uh, Tiananmen Square protest or Tank Man, and uh, you'll see the image there. Sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do is take a stand. To this day, no one actually knows who that one individual was who stood in front of those tanks. He is widely acclaimed and known as Tank Man. As he stood uh, in resistance, in the middle of the road, the tanks tried to move and maneuver around him, but each time he did, he just simply moved to the side, blocking the way of the tanks to prevent them from getting by. In the face of such power, he simply stood his ground. Tank man was just one man facing off against a great force. Yet despite how strong and powerful his opponents might have been, he decided to stand in resistance for the cause that he believed in. And as he stood in resistance, he was able to be an influence in a way that I'm sure he could have never imagined as he stepped off that pavement and stepped into the world, or into the road, sorry. Sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do is to take a stand. In recent times, we've seen the power of taking a stand in the culture around us. We have seen 
how uh, a stand's taken by climate activists in the midst of rising global temperatures, trying to raise awareness around this cause. We've seen stands taken by those seeking racial justice, not least in the wake of the murder of George Floyd last year. As people have taken a stand, they have highlighted the issues and sought to expose them and show the need for change, recognizing that sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is take a stand. The power of taking a stand is something that Paul well recognizes in this passage that we've read together this morning from the book of Ephesians. As Paul writes to the church and brings his letter to a close, he encourages them to go and live out their faith for Jesus and stand in resistance to the world around them. And he, and, and he encourages them to take a stand. Four times throughout this passage, Paul encourages the church to stand firm in the faith because sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is take a stand. But the question is for us as a church today, how do we take a stand? If we are to be part of the resistance for Jesus that we might live in the goodness of God, how do we stand for him in the face of the culture that surrounds us? Paul shares with us his tips for standing firm for Jesus. And we're going to take a few moments to explore these together this morning as we consider how we too might unlock the power of standing for Jesus today. And the first thing that Paul encourages the church to do as they take a stand for Jesus is to identify their cause. And as we identify our cause, that means we've got to be aware of what we are standing against. Just as climate change activists know and recognize that they are standing against the rising temperatures, rising out of greenhouse gas emissions, we too as Christians need to know what we are standing against. In verse 11, Paul tells the church that they are standing against the devil's schemes. As he goes on to say, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are not just called to protest issues of social justice, although they are important issues for the church to take a stand on. As God's people, we have a bigger, greater, overarching battle on our hands. This is ultimately a cosmic superhero story, if you'd like, a battle between good and evil. And we are the superheroes, standing for God in his goodness, in, in resistance to all that is evil. If we are to take a stand for Jesus, we need to stand with our eyes open. Paul wants us to know who our enemy is. We can't bury our heads in our sands and think we're just trying to do the best we can and not recognize the cause that we are standing against. We also need to recognize the enemy's power. As we take a stand, 
Paul warns us that the forces of evil around us are powerful. Just look at the language that Paul uses in verse 12. This is not a battle that is weighted in our favor. It's not something that I, Matt, can take on on my own with my huge, massive strength um, that I can fight on my own. Just like Tank Man in Tiananmen Square, Paul calls us to take a stand against a force that is greater than anything we could take on alone because sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is to stand. If we are to stand in resistance for Jesus and live out of his goodness today, we need to recognize that we are in a battle. We need to recognize that there is One who wants nothing more than to abolish and belittle and marginalize the goodness of God that we are seeking to stand in today. Where Jesus brings light, the evil one longs to bring darkness. As we stand for Jesus and stand in resistance for him, may we never lose sight, may we never be complacent and lose sight of the cause that we are standing for. A battle of God versus evil. A battle where we have a vested interest as we seek to stand in the goodness of God. A battle where we are called to take a stand. Paul not only wants us to identify our cause, but he also wants us to be equipped that we might be able to stand against the power and the forces of evil. We are not left to take a stand for Jesus on our own. We are not going to be able to stand for Jesus on our own. If we're going to take a stand in this battle of good versus evil, we need to be equipped And so Paul encourages the church and us here today to put on the armor of God. I'm sure many of you will be familiar with the armor that Paul identifies here in this passage as he tells us to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. But as I was reflecting on this passage, it struck me how each of these bits of armor that Paul encourages us to put on speaks to our identity as individuals as we take a stand for Jesus. When we take a stand, we do so not on our own, but instead we stand in the truth of Jesus the truth that he is the son of God who died for us and rose again. And because of the truth of Jesus, because of who he is, we can be assured that we stand in righteousness because of Jesus and the truth of who he is, the risen son of God, we can be confident. We can stand sure that we have been made right with God. Our relationship with him has been restored. Because we stand in righteousness, we can also stand in peace. We can come into the presence of God 
and there is no feud. There is no barriers between us and him. We can enter into the goodness of God and be at peace with him. Because we are at peace with God, we can have faith that we are not standing in our own strength, but that God is standing with us. And as he stands with us, we can be assured that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine, as Paul has just reminded the church in Ephesus just a couple of chapters earlier. As we stand in faith, We can be confident of our salvation, that our future is secure, that we belong to the the kingdom and family of our God, and there is nothing that is going to take us away from that. And we can have this confidence. We can know all this to be true. Because we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the Bible that establishes and proclaims the truth and the righteousness and the peace and the hope that we all find in Jesus. As Paul identifies what we have been equipped with, he then gives us, or he gives us two commands about how we can put this equipment and this new identity that we find in Jesus into use. Firstly, he calls us to be strong. We need, pardon me, to be brave. We cannot shy away from this battle that God that we have been called to. We need to take a stand and stand tall and brave and strong and upright and be prepared to stand for all that lies ahead of us as we follow Jesus and take a stand for him. But as he calls us to be strong, he also calls us to put on the armor of God. We we can be strong not because of our own individual skills and gifts and abilities or training that we've received. We can be strong because we have the armor of God. And as we put on that identity of who we are in Jesus, it equips us to be able to take a stand for him. As it starts to get colder outside, and many of us have even got it on today, as we're still letting air flow throughout the building, but it's starting to get colder, and many of us have got coats that we put on to keep warm. If I just had a coat, over there, and I didn't put it on, I'm not going to feel the full benefit of knowing what the coat is there to do. And it's the same with the armor of God. We can know it, but unless we let that identity of who we are in Jesus shape us and transform us, we're not going to feel the full benefit and, let that, and, and enable the armor of God to equip us to stand as we try to stand for Jesus. So as we take a stand for Jesus today and resist the culture and the forces of evil that continue to work in the world around us, may we put on our identity that we have in Christ. May we know the truth of who Jesus is and who we are in him. May we be filled with his righteousness, assured of his peace, full of faith in him and confident of the hope that we all have in him. If we are to put on this armor, 
we can then be confident that as we take a stand, no matter what might come against us, we will be able to resist all that comes against us. Because standing with the armor of God, grounded in our identity in Jesus, is always the most powerful thing that we can do. And as we stand and are equipped with the power or with the armor of God, we also need to take a stand in prayer. Prayer is not just a part of the armor of God that we can use from time to time, but it is a vital and fundamental part of or element of taking a stand for Jesus. There are three things that Paul encourages us to model as we take a stand in prayer within this passage. Very briefly, firstly, he, he encourages us to pray continuously. In verse 18, he says, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. If we are to stand for Jesus, we need to pray on all occasions and in different ways that we would not just stand in our own strength, but that we might stand united with God. That's why prayer is important for us as a church. Let's pray continuously together. Prayer also encourages us to pray for, or Paul also encourages us to pray for one another. Praying for each other fosters unity amongst us, and where there is unity, there is strength as we stand together and resist all the pressures that the world and that our enemies would throw at us. And finally, Paul wants us to pray for the spread of the gospel. As we take a stand and join in the resistance for Jesus, we should not just pray that we might stand and stay still, but like Tankman did in uh, Tiananmen Square as he took a stand and stayed still, actually there was momentum spreading throughout the world as his stand inspired, encouraged, raised, uh, um, and made known the message of what he was standing for with others around the world. And so it should be for us as we stand for Jesus today. Paul wants the good news and the message of Jesus to be advanced and that we might be ambassadors for Jesus, fiercely declaring and standing for who he is and what he has done. Ultimately, we stand for Jesus and we can be, com uh, uh, and we can be confident that as we stand, we stand in victory. Paul knows the cause and he identifies the enemy uh, that he was standing against. He identifies what, we, what will empower us and enable us to be able to stand for Jesus as we turn to him in prayer and put on the armor of God and the identity that we have in him. But ultimately, the battle has already been won. As we stand in victory, we can know that the power and the authority of the forces of evil and darkness have already been defeated. They might be strong, but we can know that they are already in retreat. And, that be, and we can know that because they have been defeated by Jesus. Paul calls us right at the start of this passage to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
And Jesus demonstrates just how strong and powerful he is. The one thing that could never be defeated, the ultimate aim of the forces of evil and darkness is death. But Jesus went to the cross and he died in our place, rising again, defeating the ultimate power of sin and death and evil forevermore that it may no longer have a hold over anyone who puts their faith in Jesus. Jesus has the victory. The battle has been won. Our enemy has been defeated. So as we take a stand in resistance for Jesus, we too can know that we stand in victory as we seek to embrace the goodness of God in the face of our culture, we can go and live, not just hoping that we might be victorious, not just hoping that we might see a breakthrough, but knowing that the victory has already been won because Jesus is alive. And as Jesus has won the victory, we can know that his victory will be unveiled through us as we stand with him. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is to take a stand. Tankman stood in resistance before a row of tanks against a great force, and we too can stand in resistance against an even greater force and in an even more significant battle, confident that there is nothing more powerful than standing with Jesus. So today, may we, as we seek to follow Jesus and stand for him in the goodness of God, may we identify the cause that we are standing for. We are fighting for the goodness of God, the battle of God, good versus evil. May we be strong and put on the armor of God, confident of our identity in Jesus. And may we continue to stand in prayer, praying at all times and in all ways as we take our stand for him. And as we stand, let's stand together in confidence that in Jesus we have the victory and nothing will ever overcome us as we stand with him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for Jesus and for the hope that we all have in him. We thank you for the way in which he has already won the victory, that he came into our world to be uh, and to reveal the goodness of who you are. Even going to a cr cross to die for us. But Lord, we thank you and we praise you that Jesus did not re uh, remain defined by that cross, but that later he rose from the grave defeating the power of death and evil once and forevermore, that we might live in the light of that wonderful moment and stand for that moment in the face of our culture and our world today. So Lord, as we live for you, we pray that we would continue 
to take a stand, that we will continue to stand for your goodness in the face of all that surrounds us in our world today. We pray that we would take on the identity of who we are in Jesus. Fill us with your righteousness, your peace, your faith, we pray. But Lord, above it all, may we know the confidence and the surety of who we are in you, that yours is the victory. You have won the battle, and we stand with you confident that nothing will ever be able to defeat us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.